Welcome to Two Beards, One Comic, issue number three. Hey, you guys out there. This is the third issue of Two Beards, One Comic. And I'm your uh, co-host, Jesse Gagnon, and with me is my brother, Colton. Um, we're just going to talk about some comics today, as we usually do. Uh, I think uh, on my docket, I got H.P. Lovecraft's The Hound and Other Stories, the adaption and artwork by Gao Tanabe. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about the new uh, Sumerian Queen of the Black Coast uh, comic book series that just hit our North American shores, uh, written by... Uh, John David Morvan and illustrated by Pierre Allery. Uh What's really cool about that? And uh, we're going to go into what Colt's going to talk about. Colt, what are you up to? Well, uh, as uh, last weekend would have been Toronto Comic Con, but unfortunately, due to quarantine, I was locked in uh, my house all weekend. So this issue, I'm just going to talk about, you know, what I was looking forward to and, you know, just kind of what I was going to do at Comic-Con and uh, just kind of celebrate the fact that I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like crowds, so it's it's all good with me. Yeah, I'm, I will talk about it more, but there's some stuff uh, that why I'm kind of glad they canceled it, but uh, yeah. So um, let's start with you, Jess. Uh, you said you bought H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and something else. Sorry, I missed that in the first half. So, yeah. So, no, uh, you bought. Uh, yes. So I'm going to be talking about the H.P. Lovecraft, The Hound. It was actually a gift from one of my very good friends, Paul. Uh, he got it for me for my birthday, which actually just happened about three days ago. You know, today being March 25th, um, I had a birthday three days ago. Do the math. And uh, yeah, for my one of my gifts for my birthday was from my friend Paul, and he bought me this really cool manga uh, called it's called H.P. Lovecraft's The Hound and Other Stories, adaptation artwork by Gao Tanabe, and man, so cool. Probably so the the weirdest thing I think for me about this one, because I'm going to talk about this book, and then I'm also going to talk about the new uh, Sumerian Queen of the Black Coast, which is the new Conan series that just touched down in North American shores, but I'll get into that later. Um, so yeah, starting with the hound. Um, this it's, it's cool because I love Lovecraft. I love like the, you know, reading about the Necronomicon, Cthulhu, all that, but it's really, really hard to find uh, a graphic novel or like a sequential art example of, of a Lovecraft story because uh, much like the reason why his um, film adaptations don't seem to work so well either is because it's so crazy. It's so like beyond your imagination is what he was trying to portray in his stories that when you try to put it onto paper in a drawing or put it onto film in a movie, um, it's it can be lost. So a lot of the, I, I always find that a lot of the Lovecraft adaptations that are either put in movie, film, whatever, uh, comic books, it's a lot of the time the artists will either half-ass it or they'll just sort of have their interpretation and they'll be very 
uh, Ford was saying that this is my interpretation of when I read this book. A good example is actually Reanimator, um, <clears throat> the fame, uh, the famous Jeffrey Coombs movie. Um, he, it's it's sort of like if you read the original story that H.P. Lovecraft wrote, and then you watch the movie, there's a lot of big differences. Like the movie's a little bit more comedic, um, but yeah, and that's that's cool. But um, so back to the book that I'm reading. Um, this is probably one of the best adaptations I've seen of a Lovecraft stories so far because like this guy it, he actually in one of his forwards he actually goes into saying like he is a devout disciple of Lovecraft like he uh, sleeps eats breathes Lovecraft so you really see in the war and the, the artistry that he uses um, there's a lot of like really cool camera shots I guess is the best way to put it on characters like it, that really builds up the the tension and the doom that's like falling upon these poor people. Um, there's three stories in this book. Um, just going to pull up. So there's the temple, the hound and the nameless city. Uh, the temple is the one it's about this like German U boat captain that essentially like totally ignores what his fellow shipmates are saying. Like, look, the shit's going crazy. There's no way there should be a city at the bottom of the ocean yet there is one and and you need to we need to turn around we need to get away they actually get an opportunity where the american soldiers could have like you know they could have surrendered and the u-boat captain's like no 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 uh we'll never portray father uh, the the fatherland so they're like okay well you're crazy and we're gonna go kill ourselves because cthulhu <laughs> um <laughs> so basically that's the temple and then he finally finds a city and then there's the hound, which is about these two grave robbers who, uh, again, um, like the temple. The temple kind of starts with they find this this uh, what an amulet, and then like the U-boat captain won't give it back. So in the hound is the same thing. These two grave robbers they find this amulet, and then they think it's cool, and they're like they're keeping it for themselves. And then sure enough, it calls on, um, you know, Cthulhu monsters and creatures that are coming to attack them because they they took something that's not theirs and then the the nameless city and the nameless city is probably i would say it would be my favorite one because it's the one about this like single i think he's like an archaeologist and he's basically just trying to look for this city of myth that was mentioned in the necronomicon <clears throat> excuse me and um yeah he he sure finds it um i don't want to I don't really want to go in and spoil it. I'm like, I'm not going to read them off to you and tell you every bit by bit, because anyone who's listening out there, if you know Lovecraft, you know these stories and you don't want to hear me butcher, uh, uh, you know, paraphrase them. And, and if you yeah. haven't read it, if you haven't read Lovecraft, I like, like reading rainbow, go find this book, check <laughs> it out. <laughs> Take a look. It's in a book unknowable horrors that'll drive you mad it's um, reading rainbow the reading rainbow <laughs> um so yeah there's that's the first book um uh man i what's really cool too and and um the two books that i picked usually i know it's supposed to be one comic but the second comic i picked being the it's, sumerian what's that i was gonna say like we 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 break that rule so often now i feel like it's just more like 
two beards, one comic. We talk about anything comic related. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny you mention that because I thought about the whole meaning of two beards, one comic. And I think we can't talk about more than one comic at a time. So it's really just two guys talking about whatever comic we're talking about at that moment. But then we'll yeah. evolve into other comics as it goes. Well, too, so, in that, lately I've been thinking about uh, f- uh, this podcast and we were, I'm thinking, I only read like six titles. So eventually it's just going to be me talking about what came out this week. And I'm assuming our listeners, if you're listening, uh, if you read some of these titles, you're probably like, wow, why am I listening to this podcast for this nobody? I'm just... <laughs> um, talk about comics I, I just read so i think eventually it is going to evolve to more than just this like talk about because for me i'm such it comics is such a engraved thing in my life that pretty much everything i do is somewhat related to comics in yeah sense of the word so anyways uh continue sorry yeah no that's okay yeah so uh i've i've chosen two um, and it kind of segues into my next book because Lovecraft was a pen pal of the author of the next book. So the next book is The Sumerian Queen of Black Coast, uh, the single issue series that's coming out. Um, and it's, of course, about Conan, who was written by Robert E. Howard. Um, and it's a really cool book. It's uh, been written for comic book form by Jean-David Marvin, and uh, it's been illustrated by uh, Pierre Allary. And what's cool about this book is it's it's just been released here in North America because of the whole licensing issue with Marvel owning Conan and Disney owning Marvel. Um, this book is by far heads over tails. Just, it's just a pretty book, and you'll probably hear talk me hear me talking about pretty books a lot because there's a lot of value to to when you pick up a comic book and you, it just makes you feel gooey in the middle, like you just look at it and you're just like, wow, this is, it's a piece of art. It's a piece of, yeah. of like someone took a lot of time, like creating this. And, and that's very common with, with uh, European comics. I find is they seem their artists and the writers seem to just take more time to really lay out. Oh, yeah, I don't have deadlines like DC and Marvel have un like, unexpected deadlines for the, some of these artists for these comics. So they, yeah, ridiculous deadlines. Like, like I, I think in North America, it's more, more so the States, less Canada, uh, Canada sort of, sort of more leans on like, um, a lot of art artists are, um, self-published a lot of the TCAF kind of like, you know, they, they care about their art as well, but it's a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more commercial, but Americans yeah. are super commercial. They're like, we're, we are Marvel and we want you to release this Conan book like every month. Um, we, we want all this stuff now. And, and yeah, it shows like a lot of the time, if you get a really cool artist on there, a cool writer, like uh, Jason Aaron, who is doing the um, Conan the Barbarian series when Marvel brought it back. Freaking like fucking amazing. They, like J- Jason Aaron could really do no wrong in my eyes, especially when you give him a character that has a sword or like some sort of mysticism because he did Thor as well. Um, mm. But his work in Conan was freaking amazing. But deadlines, like the artists he had on there, 
Uh, I can't remember the name of the artist, but like um, I can look it up and, it sh- and I can post it later. But like amazing artists and really cool stories. But now that Jason Aaron's not writing it, I don't feel um, like I really want to continue reading it because I was only really reading it one because it's Conan and two is Jason Aaron. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the Marvel stuff that I seem to find coming out, they they just they just don't hit the mark with me. So going yeah. back to going back to the Sumerian. This is something so beautiful and so well done and so like careful that um, I had actually, uh, after Jason Aaron was finished his run, I canceled the series off my pull list. And then this came out as a total surprise. It was actually you, Colton, that got it put in my file because I thought I was going to miss it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just a total surprise. And then I came out and I, I've read the first issue. It's freaking amazing. What's really cool is it's based on one of my favorite uh, Conan stories, Queen of the Black Coast. Um, at the end of the issue, it actually lays out the first two issues in their pulp form. So it's just the the way that they were presented in Weird Tales, which is really cool. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, and the reason why, like, the two books are kind of connected, the Lovecraft and, and the Queen of Black Coast, is because uh, because Lovecraft and Robert e. Howard were pen pals, they also swapped a lot of ideas. So quite often, um, I, I see it more so in the old Savage Sword of Conan books, uh, but quite often you'll find that, like, Conan will talk about some, you know, or our character in Conan will talk about some nameless old ones who come from the cosmos kind of thing, or like the Necronomicon will be mentioned and that kind of stuff. So for me, I think I've always had this like love for Lovecraft and, and Robert E. Howard, but they go hand in hand. Like as far as I'm concerned, it's all one universe. So it's really cool to see that these two books show up in my life at the same time, kind of reminding me that like, Oh yeah, you, uh, you weren't reading these for a while, but now we have this new fresh version of these two stories that you used to love when you were like you know not so many years ago so yeah it's really cool and i owe it all to my uh, aunt diana and my uncle rob who introduced me to conan and then um i'm trying to think who introduced me to lovecraft that probably was would have been my buddy justin who who oddly enough just uh I think he's either just released or, or trying to release an ep i've heard a little bit of it it's called, uh, I think it's called Black Shuck, Old Black Shuck or something like that. Uh, it's by the yeah, band Corporate like Life. It should be coming out soon. Corporate Life, check them out, uh, Black Shuck. Um, and it's basically an album dedicated to the story of the Hound. So, Yeah, I've heard good things. I'm waiting for it it's... to show up on um... Spotify. 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 Thank yeah. you for yeah. feeling that brain fart. I've yeah. I've heard a little bit of it. It's really cool. Um, it's yeah. it's got all the doom and gloom you expect from a Lovecraftian uh, concept album. So, so I'm really excited Plus, to. His music yeah. is always really good. Yeah, he even wrote a song about me. Did he? He did, it's but so we won't fun. get into that. It's a long story. Oh. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Is so... it a good song or a hate song? Back when, like, if you guys were friends or something. Uh it's uh. <laughs> It's a it's a song meant to smart me up, and, uh, and it did. It did. That's good. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Hopefully, one day we get them on the show. It'd be cool to have Justin as a guest. Yeah, guest maybe we can try and do a episode if that um, sausage fest 
still takes place if not oh that'd be that'd be wicked there's a bunch of good guys that show up to that a lot of good with and a couple of them have some pretty good epic beards so yeah yeah so they all belong so cool what are you going to talk about well um for some of our listeners this past weekend would have been should have been could have been no not could have been uh should have been the Toronto Comic Con. Um, it's one of two main Comic Cons that I attend uh, every year: uh, Toronto Comic Con and Fan Expo. Uh, just because of where I live, I'd love to make it to um, uh, 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 I'm blanking on the San Diego Comic Con. Oh, it's um, a dream. Yeah, it's a dream. That's a birthday dream one day. Um, okay. But anyways. Yeah, uh, sorry. What were you saying? I was that that's the mecca of comic book nerds is San Diego Comic Con. Well, yeah, and anytime you ever hear like you know sneak preview, first release, first yeah. you know scene of some movie or comic or whatnot, it's always it's usually, there. Yeah, it's San usually Diego. always released there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it one day. Anyways, so that Toronto Comic Con should have been the twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. Unfortunately, due to this COVID-19, um, it is canceled. Um, I was looking forward to it. Uh, as a, For some of our listeners, if you know me, um, I cosplay. So as, you know, I had some three co- uh, costumes that I've done before, nothing new. Um, I usually save anything new for Fan Expo. But um, so I was going to go um, as the question on... Friday, um, just because it's an easy costume put on, um, and Friday is usually the evening show, um, so it's easy put on, doesn't take too much to do. Um, and then Saturday, I was going to do my Red Hood, which I'm known for most of my friends and stuff. Um, and then the Sunday, because it's you know, Sunday and had to get back to work for Monday. I was going to do for the first time, actually. Um, uh, sorry. Um, Peter B. Parker from the Into the Spider-Verse movie. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. And That's the a fun reason character doing, to cosplay. It is a fun character to cosplay. And it's, a, it's also because it's very easy to put together. It's just yeah. a, a matter of putting on a Spider-Man shirt oversized green jacket and some sweatpants basically um and then, so and then the two boots that are different yes one's a converse and one's like a boot which i have yeah so anyways i'm gonna do that um i'm probably gonna have to save him for fan expo but um was so was sorry um eating a jube jube um uh, this is probably going to get edited out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, probably now it's not though because it's funny. Um, so yeah, so I was looking forward to doing those cosplays. Also, um, a lot of cons. The main purpose I go is so I can find uh, missing issues um, of stories that I'm usually back issues of stories that I've either have or picked up at 
flea markets or whatnot, and then I'm missing key issues. So I'll try and spend, get some of those. Um, I don't spend too much time because, uh, Jesse, you know, when you go to these Comic Cons, the boxes upon boxes of, of long boxes of comics is just overwhelming. You can, you can almost, yeah, you get lost in it. But I was going to yeah. say, too, it reminds me, it's like, that's that's also half the fun of conventions is like just diving in those boxes and digging out like you got your pull list, you got your stuff you got to hunt for. And then even just like digging through and seeing like, oh, shoot, like that's for me. I love looking at the old horror comics and I like finding really ones with like cool covers that I can like get inspired by to do art from because like some of the covers from, oh, I don't know, like the 70s. 70s are pretty good. 70s, early 80s. Uh, the Creepies and the... Oh, shoot. What else? Like, just the cool DC House of... Uh, House, what of was it? House of Horror. Like, those stuff. Oh, man. So mm-hmm. cool covers. But actually, yeah. uh, there's that time... Um, I forget which year it was. I think it was... Was it last year? That you and I uh, went to... Yeah, it might have been last... last. No, it would have been... Would it have been last year? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, last yeah, year, been... year before that. It was um, last year because it was oh, my was birthday. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So, but Cole and I, we went to the uh, the the Fan Expo. No, Toronto Comic Con. Toronto Comic Con, yeah. And we went and saw Ty Templeton talk, and he was telling us about how he got into the career and how he got into you know doing comics. And he talked about one of his first projects was actually a issue of. Uh, Secret Origin, DC Secret Origin. It was Blue Devil and Doctor Fate, and he did the Blue mm-hmm. Devil story. And he yeah. he sort of um, led on that he had, you know, he was doing this this Blue Devil story. And in one of the parts of the story, uh, Blue Devil is put before a pantheon of uh, comic book gods of the DC universe. But he thought yeah, it'd be funny kind of- as. A- yeah, a panel of, of different mystic and supernatural forces and gods and stuff. But he thought it'd be funny to put Thor in the background. And Thor, as we all know, is a Marvel character. So that was a big no-no. But he thought, like, oh, whatever. I'm going to draw him in there. And then the inkers and the editors will they'll edit it out. It'll be fine. But then <laughs> he, he apparently drew this. And it went through the press. And he opened up the book. And there's Thor. And he's like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. This this is not good. Like the, I like, cause like, you know, this is when Marvel and DC were like, like they were neck, like they were force upon force. Like they were not as friendly as they are now. So he thought like, this could be serious. So <clears throat> I think he talked to his editor and the editor said like, look, it's fine. It's, it's small enough. I don't think we're going to get in any trouble for it. I think Marvel did call them and say, Hey, we noticed this, you know, like, haha, but don't do it again. I think is how the story goes. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Colton and I, after the, after the, uh, the panel was over, kind of like, we need to go find this book. We need to go find this issue. So it became like this really fun adventure that Cole and I got to go on. Um, and we and you lucky. and I, we were lucky. We actually, we found a copy each. Yeah. Um, but we, we kind of like, we browsed through, we were laughing, we were checking out of the books uh, it, was, it was probably, more, I would say it was the funnest part. Like, the whole thing was a blast. But yeah. That was like, that little part for me was like really special. And I'll always remember it. Because we found, That's we cool. each found an issue. 
and we found Ty later on and we like came up and we're like, Hey man, we found the book. Like, would you mind signing it? And I think he had even said something like, Holy crap that this, um, this book has really hit the charts today because everyone's like, I think we were like the seventh or eighth person to get him to sign a copy. Yeah. So, yeah. And I still have that copy too. Yeah, I have well, it. Of course it's, it's one of the few that I actually have begged and bored, but I have a board on both sides of it. So it stays like straight, straight. I wanted to actually put it in a frame at some point. Yeah. I'm thinking about, I'll probably do the same thing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I that was a really fun day. Yeah. Um, I also my biggest thing too is like what I like to look for is I love the old uh, Batman, the Dark Knight Legends. I think it was like the Dark Knight Legends or the comic book series. Yeah, the comic book series. Yeah, they're was, cool. Like, yeah. And that's what I usually, if I'm looking for back issues, I'm missing something. It's usually because, you know, I picked up, you know, because I live out in Buffalo, Idaho, middle of nowhere. So there's a lot no. of. Um... Dude. What? No. Well, no, because, like, just think about where I live. Oh, where you live. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we both live in very, like, small town places. So here, the big thing to do is antique sales actually woodstock uh i've given away where i live um interesting fact woodstock has one of the biggest antique malls in ontario but anyways oh, I didn't know that. Really, yeah it's a big thing out here's antiques and shit so i go to a lot and i pick up comics and and it's usually you know but they'll have like issue one two three five and six but they don't have issue four so then right. uh, i'll buy the whole thing because it's like you know they're selling all five issues for like seven bucks so then i'll but it's missing the issue so i'll go find one yeah but i don't spend i usually spend about so i'm gonna put it in best case scenario so fan expo is four days so usually how i do it is i spend one day just looking for specific back issues um this trauma comic con usually I'd only spend about half a day um, looking for through comics. There's a couple key vendors that I have no like I don't know them personally, but I I know of them, so that I purposely look through their boxes just because yeah, yeah. like the way they're ordered, quality is better, prices are good. Um, well, and then so and then the other thing is collectibles, obviously, and humongous for anyone who knows me um when it comes to buying as my girlfriend likes to put it like worthless toys um i have i have a dixon you know i'm not afraid to admit it i like my toys i like my collectibles um but yeah but it's uh, it's a, a recapturing thing though because all this you don't just buy any toy like you you're a lot of the stuff that you have is actual toys that we had growing up yeah, a lot of the toys, most of the toys I have um, are toys I had when I was a kid and and lost them due to getting older and, you know, getting rid of them and stuff like that. Dog um, chewed them up. Dog chewed them up. Oh, a lot of those. Like, I have this prize. It You see tons of them at these toy fairs, but um, it's Robin... Um, but he has like they call them like the organic wings and stuff. 
Um, he had like he could shoot like this claw thing out. Um, but I remember a kid like, and that was like one of my favorite toys. And I remember just Jasmine chewed the shit out of it, and I found one of those and broke the cardinal rule and took it out of the box. But it's on display, and that's another thing for all my listeners. I'm one of the you, you guys. Some people might hate me, but I don't keep a lot of my toys in the boxes. I may not play with them, but I, I've always been like, I'm just, I don't care. Like it's, I paid for it and I open them and I put them on display because I think it just looks better that way. I, uh, I keep, I'm sort of like, I don't know. It depends on what figure it is and like, but a lot of times I keep it in the box, especially if the box is cool looking like my Ninja Turtles, Donatello and uh, Michelangelo are still in the box because like the packaging itself is so yeah. Well, like that that one like, I bought, us, the the retro style Michelangelo. I think I bought you Donatello. Yeah, you bought mm-hmm. me Donatello. Yeah, that's still yeah, in the box. That I, that's still in the box. I have other things like it. That's what I mean. Like I don't put everything, but like so. Like case in point, like so. I have um, from the Batman animated series, which is most of my Batman collectibles, is just me rebuying all the variants and stuff from the Batman animated series. Um, but I have the, I have the rogue gallery, um, perched up on top of my collectible shelf and they're kind of just overlooking the one side. Um, but I, I'm only missing one character at this point now. I'm just missing Catwoman. Um, I have a Catwoman up there, but it's from the movie. It's, she's just filling the spot, but I'm just missing the Catwoman, um, toy. But anyways, I bought, I was the only, before that, the only one I was missing was Harley Quinn. I found a Harley Quinn. Still in the box. When the guy, when I went to buy it from him, he's like, he's like, um, you're not going to open this, right? And I was like, no. And he's like, good, because if if you're going to open it, I'm not going to sell it to you. And I was like, no, I'm what? leaving it in the box. And it's open. Yeah. Well, because I guess it's somewhat. It's not impossible to find, but it's one of the harder ones to find. Is the Harley Quinn, I guess, apparently. Hmm. So I do have it. It's in good condition. And I kept the box in somewhat good condition. Like I didn't just rip it open like wildly. I like I take the exacto knife and I open it strategically. Um, and I keep all my boxes. I just take them out. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, so I spent a lot of my time at those looking for collectibles, animated series, and then also. There's one place at Toronto Comic Con as well as Fan Expo that sells the Batman statues, or uh, the DC, I should say, uh, the DC collectibles statues. I, I find their qualities amazing. The stuff that they put out is really good detail. Uh, a lot, a lot of the black and white stuff is usually what I get, especially when it comes to Batman. But um, there's one place that sells them all for. Um, like half price, sometimes up to 70%, like 70% off because, you know, there's paint chips or, you know, cracks or this is broken off or that's broken off. Um, but I usually buy them for like, I have one which is like my favorite and usually it costs about 200 bucks. And I think I got it for like 85 because his bat battering had broken off his hand. But it was just an easy like super glue and like little black paint touch up. So yeah, so that's another thing. Is good as new. Yeah, it's good as new. And then I mean, like I don't, I'm not planning on reselling it. So 
It could kill us if it's not in the best condition. Yeah. Every single <clears throat> statue I have is a broken one. I don't think I've ever bought one like in mint condition. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, and I've seen the price of some of those statues, and it's just oh, like stupid, stupid amounts of money. And and it always has has me wondering, it's like, who has the money and the space to display these? Like, I there's a story I used to go to. In, well, yeah. There's a store I used to go to in Calgary, though, where this guy, I knew this guy would come into the store and he'd just always buy these these statues. And then one day he, like, you know, came in and picked up his latest statue and walked out. And I asked the, I, I was kind of, I'm friends with one of the guys that works there. And I asked him, like, where, where does he, like, does he live in a mansion or something? Where does he put this stuff? And I, I think my, my friend sort of just said, like, well, I, you know, it's not for us to know but he definitely yeah. brings the store a lot of money. So, I mean, it's good. It, it's for stores like that where I can't drop like 500, 600, $800, uh, you know, just every, my weekly little measly 30 to $50. Yeah. Uh, it keeps the stores running. So, you know, bless them for, for buying those giant statues, but yeah. Man, holy crap. No. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm good paying like, 60 70 maybe up to like i think the most i paid was like 90 bucks for my batman white knight statue yeah uh, but yeah no like 200 300 400 dollars for these statues i'm not willing to pay when i can get the exact same one with a chipped wing or a chipped ear or a paint job isn't perfect for like half the price um well, well even oh, oh what were you gonna say? No, no, Well, I was gonna say too, like even when you go to those those conventions or the, the uh antique fairs or whatever, uh even find like comic books and graphic novels and stuff, like some of them are either like, you know, a little rough on the edges or misprints. Like sometimes they're like, you know, the run wasn't completely cut just perfectly, so they're selling them for like sometimes an eighth like a quarter to an eighth of a price, which is wicked, especially when you're looking at a book that, you know, in its greatest condition, brand new is like 60 to $70 and you're getting it for like 15 to 20 bucks. Like that's mm-hmm. wicked. That's so yeah. good. So yeah, it works. <clears throat> it works in all fronts getting to those conventions and like just catching the deals. I mean, yeah. I know I, I have a, a copy of, I think it's uh eerie, Eerie Comics and Archive 21, and I think I paid, I think its cover price is like close to $70, and I think I paid like $15 for it, so mm. wicked. I was like, yes, mine, yeah. thank you. Mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this right? Well, yeah. no, it was actually, this This is a little tip for all you people who are just starting to get into conventions, and you start, like, you go to conventions to, like, you know, get more comic books. Uh, go on the last day. And yes. more specifically, more specifically, if you're not too picky about, you just want to, like, try to find something new to read, or just, like, just, like, you know, find, you got a really broad range of stuff you're into, go on the last day go towards the end of the day. And a lot of the vendors do not want to haul those books back to the stores. So what they'll do is they'll sell, they'll cut the prices, not just 50%. Sometimes they'll cut the price 75% off. And it's just insane. And like, I like 
there's been plenty of times where I've walked out of that final day with like a stack of books. <clears throat> it's insane. And like, that's how I got a lot of like the cool little horror books that I have is like, like just moments like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do so, you yeah. most purchase in on the last day? Yeah. yeah. Like it's a bit of a gamble because it yeah, is. if you got your eye on something like throughout the whole weekend, you're like, Oh shit. Like I'm going to wait for the last day to buy it. I mean, you could lose out because there's probably other people who are eyeing it and they're not willing to wait. So they'll buy it right off the, uh, right off the yeah. cuff. But like I said, like if you got a broad range of stuff you're looking for, or you just want to find something like, Oh, I, you know, I never thought that would be cool, but it's super cheap. So I'll pick it up. Like that's the perfect thing to do is just go on the last day towards the end of that day. And just like find those vendors who are just like, no, man, I, I can't take this home. I have to get rid of it now. So, so you, you know, you make, you make bank. Yeah. Yeah. But it is true. That if you do see something that is a very rare, or there's limited quality at cons, um, or it's even like a lot of these like exclusive content, or exclusive versions. If you see it, I highly recommend just buying it then and there. But if it's something that, you know, there's tons of them or, you know, you're not too sure about last day is the day to do it. You never know. You might walk away with an Inuyasha, Inuyasha sword. For, do you still have that? I, I do. I got it for 15 <laughs> bucks. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, that was such a, that was kind of a pain in the butt to get home, wasn't it? It was. It was because it's, it's full size. Everyone. It's huge. It's, it's huge. Um, but 15 bucks because it's broken and they didn't want to take it back. So, yeah. I was the lucky one with it. Yeah. I'm still going to try and work on it. But, um, but yeah, last day is the best day. Um, what else? Oh, but then first day, you got to look for stuff. Like, I always, for me, Friday is the day I go. The first day of cons is usually I just scope everything out. Yeah. Saturdays, I usually go in with a mission or, um, so either you, there's you know seminars panels I usually work everything around those things that are set in concrete like this is a set time Yeah. Um, but yeah usually I'm looking for back issues looking for specific collectibles toys like this past weekend like the, the main thing I was going to be looking for this comic con was the new Todd McFarlane DC um, multiverse toys. Uh, the main one I was looking for was the Hellbat suit. Um, the toys have come out a little while back. They've come out. They've been out for a while. But um, I looked everywhere for this specific toy and I couldn't find anywhere. They were supposed to be sold at Walmart. Walmart hadn't been carrying them. Um, toys R Us apparently carried them, but they never had the specific ones I was looking for. Um, so the main one I was looking for was the Hellbat, and then I was also looking for the new Red Hood from the DC Essentials line that came out um, a couple months ago as well. Same thing, couldn't find anywhere. I looked everywhere, and I'm not willing to pay the price that some people charge on Amazon and on eBay, especially with shipping handling. Yeah, it's gouging. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, like the hell. Like I know the Red Hood one. Um, you buy brand new from like like from Toys R Us or something, twenty six ninety nine. But online because it's everyone bought the sh- like just out bought them all out. 
they're going for like 40 something bucks. I'm like, I'm not paying 40 bucks for a toy. Um, and cons are a good place to find it. Cause a lot of these with cons is multiple venues selling their stuff. And some of them, someone will have at least one of them somewhere, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I it sucks that like I'm gonna have to wait until Fan Expo to try and find Red Hood. But funny thing is, is uh, during this quarantine, I had to do a Walmart run. Um, get in, get what you need, get out. I kind of broke that rule. I wandered down the toy section and lower never and don't wander down the toy section. No, it's bad idea. Girlfriends <laughs> will hate you. Um, <laughs> But I, I managed to find the hell bat suit. Um, so, oh, the yeah. the convention gods are smiling upon you. Yes, exactly. It was meant to be. I think it was the, the it would have been Sunday, so it would have been the twenty second. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So luckily enough, I found that. But um, yeah. No, I was as biggest thing though for me is I was looking forward to uh, seeing friends, seeing costumes. Getting some autographs, actually. That all oh, that just reminded me. Um, I was supposed to get um, Peter Davison's autograph. Um, he was the he played a doctor on Doctor Who. Um, for anyone who knows me, I'm trying to get all twelve doctors' autographs, minus the newest one because she's not in the calendar I have that I've been collecting autographs from. But I have some. I have like. Um, uh, the eighth doctor, I have war doctors, and then I have um, uh, Peter Caparelli's. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, Wait, <clears throat> so, so does that mean you have John Hurt's autograph? Yes. Holy crap, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You, you have Hellboy's dad. Yeah. Um, and and uh, also, he's also the voice of one of my favorite Disney villains. Who? The Horned King from The Black Cauldron. Oh, you know, it's funny that you say that because I was just about to watch that like this weekend at some point because Brendan, my best bud, my head of life mate, Brendan, he had just recently watched it. And boy, were those movies back then, Disney, they had the right idea. Like yeah. It is a. It is a. Uh, the the artwork in that movie. Oh, it's awesome! How creepy, with the yeah. smoke and the skulls, and stuff. it's a very well done but movie. That that movie almost bankrupted. Well, it actually put Disney on the verge of bankruptcy because, like, really? nobody was nobody. No one went out to watch that movie in the theater. I th- I forget what was the movie that won out. There was another movie that was also being played at the same time that people were going to see that instead. Um. Yeah. So, like, I think. My personal opinion is that uh, Black Cauldron was Disney trying to like the animators and the director was trying to shake things up. Like, let's like, you know, we have all these princess stories. Like, let's do something like a sword and sorcery. Let's like really pick a really cool sword and sorcery story and do a version of that. But I think that was the movie where Disney was like, okay, we can't do dark. We have to just do lighthearted stuff, which I think is really sad because like I, I love Black Cauldron. I love The Last Unicorn. I love like Fire and Ice, which Fire and Ice is totally not a children's movie. So, 
but like I like that. I like that visceral like sword and sorcery, like scary yeah. figures, monsters and stuff. And like Black Cauldron, like it had all the great stuff. Um, like I, I can't wait to have kids so I can show them the Black Cauldron and just be like, this is what this is what you should be into. Yeah, monsters and swords and like axes and chopping off heads and stuff. Um, my kids yeah. are gonna be screwed up. But oh yeah, they're gonna need therapy. Yeah, but anyway, I just like and and he is the Horn King is probably one of the coolest unsung Disney villains. Uh, I think of of the Disney time, like it really kind of irks me. And like my like my partner Kate, you know, she's noticed this, but they'll do like this uh, rogues gallery of all the Disney villains, and I'm just like, where's the Horn King? Where's my mm. Horn King? Like he is the scariest mofo of the Disney villains, and like he's not there. Plus, he's voiced by John Hurt. Like you can't you can't get yeah. better than that. Um. <laughs> Just I don't know. So anyway, John Hurt, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, you cool old guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cool. What do you say? You you cool old guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Maybe I definitely. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to watch that movie now. Yeah. Check it out. It's on Disney Plus. So. Yeah. But, uh, or, or I shouldn't say that. It's on that. It's on that Disney streaming service. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to get sued for whatever. Yeah, same things. We've been, yeah, that was not a plug. <laughs> that was not a plug. You guys make enough money as it is. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the twelve people listening right now are going to tell yeah. them. Get in. Yeah. This probably all. Um. But yeah, so I was going to get his autograph, which I was looking forward to. Not his, but uh, Peter Davison's uh, yeah. autograph. Um, and then, yeah, it's just biggest thing, though, is just being there. It's like it's, the atmosphere of these cons is, just, I don't know, it's, it's, you almost feel high when you're at these, like at least I do. Like, like it's weird. Glug 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 glug. Um, I was drinking water, and I heard it very clearly. Like that could use it as a sound clip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a perfect like glug 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 glug. glug. Um, but just the atmosphere of these things is, and it sucks because instead I was stuck inside all weekend. Luckily, yeah. I don't have any symptoms or anything. So Neither I. Neither do I. I can still go out to do grocery shopping. I'm just very careful when I do it. Um, yeah, that's the way to be. Hand sanitizer in every pocket. Um, it's still working, luckily enough, so that's always good. Um, Me too. I've been deemed people. essential. Yeah, same. I'm essential <laughs> service. Um, I don't feel too essential, but um, it, it's better than some people. Some people are laid off. Um, some people are out of work and not getting paid. So at least I'm yeah. working. Yeah. I was going to say too, like, um, because I'm kind of like, aside from there being this pandemic, I'm also very far away from a comic book store. So what I've started doing is I'll like, I'll start treating my own space, like a comic book store. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah. Right. Like I'll, I'll lean up on the couch, like it's a counter and I'll talk to an invisible store clerk. 
and just shoot the shit with them. Um, and Kate thinks hearing Tim's voice in your head when you're talking to that person. Yeah, yeah, and and Kate thinks I'm crazy, but like this is what keeps me sane. Is I just talk yeah. to myself. I talk to an invisible. As long as you clerk. don't answer back. No, I do answer back because I'm the uh, store clerk as well. Yeah, so no, no, but seriously though, like that's kind of what I've started doing is I I just sort of like look around my space and like look at my shelf and my figures and stuff, and I try to just I turn on the the doom metal tunes. And like I just crack open a book and start reading, and and it's good. It it definitely helps with the whole not being able to go out anywhere. Um. Yeah. And for me, it's uh, I've been doing the opposite. Like I have, I haven't been reading my comics. I've been slowly reading them because I'm uh, a same. I'm in the same boat. I haven't been able to get to the comic book store in two weeks now two weeks are they um, still open i think they're not i'm not too sure to be honest i haven't like i haven't been there um i know isn't it diamond like the uh diamond uh the supplier for most comic books to come yeah diamond yeah uh, distributors yeah yeah they they've they've stopped distributing so I'm, I'm assuming the comic book store is probably closed if they're not getting comics in that's fair yeah because like, i guess yeah i guess you could stay open but you de- you're not getting any new issues shit that sucks yeah yeah that's and that's one reason i haven't been in because i'm like well i know diamond has stopped the distribution of comics so you know those comics on at least I'm I'm happy at least they they did it after this past Wednesday because I really really wanted to get the issue number eight of the white uh, white knight Batman white knight storyline with the uh, yeah Israel. I've already seen some like sneak peeks so it should be a good issue but. So after that, I think that was the last, like, and then it was the last issue, but that that was the last Wednesday, I think, was the last week they were sending out comics. Sick. Yeah. Well, I don't even know. I haven't actually seen, because I think, I think I have two weeks built up on my file now. So hopefully when this all blows over, there'll be a nice little stack for me. Yeah. Well, and then, so I haven't been reading mine because I'm, I'm like, if I get if I get this disease, if, if I get this virus, virus. Yeah. I'm going to be stuck in the house for two weeks. And I'm, you know, Netflix is going to get bored, like born real quick. So I'm like, I am stockpiling. I'm like stockpiling. Instead of stockpiling toilet paper, I'm stockpiling comic books. Cause I'm, which yeah. you could use as toilet paper if they're bad <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's true. I think I'd, use something else before that okay. I already had it figured out it was like if we can't get toilet paper what you do is you get one of those nice white you know a nice brown a hand towel and you wipe your butt with it and then you throw it in the washing machine yeah, that's disgusting think about it though like if you can't get toilet paper what's the best option basically go back to being a baby and you're that's using true. A- because there's no different towel when you wrapped a baby's bottom and you, you pooped in it, you, you just threw it in the washing machine. 
Ugh. <laughs> this is the society we're living in, Jesse. I know. I know. Well, and that that's the thing too, it's like it's it's definitely changed a lot of things. It's like been a real eye opener about how like how messed up the world can get. Because oh, yeah. like when this started, I didn't think it would do this. No. I thought like, you know, it would just be like, okay, we just got to wash your hands, you know, make sure everyone there's a new flu bug, wash your hands. Just, you know, be, be careful. But like to turn it into this complete shutdown of everything. I'm just like, Holy crap. I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. So, but you gotta be safe, you know, uh, what's it? Flatten the curve as they say. Yeah. Um, and at least it's is at least it's happening now, and the weather's getting nicer. Because imagine if it happened in the dead of winter. Oh, that would suck. Oh, it's just because oh, it'd be a long fucking winter. Depression would, would go through the roof. Oh, you, yeah, hundred percent. And I was gonna say that like people would be buying happy lights like so much. Yeah, but you gotta just stick through. I I like I said earlier. I'm I'm still working. Um, they've kind of limited the amount that we're carrying, but um, for anyone listening, I'm a letter carrier for Canada Post. Um, so, you know, we're delivering less mail, but, you know, all in all, it's we're surviving. Not, we're surviving. It's not so bad. Yeah. As long as they don't cancel Fan Expo, I'm fine. Well, they're, I know. they're not sure. <laughs> It's not until the end of August, okay? So, Colt's like, shut up. Don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But I was happy that they canceled this one because, A, I was already planning on not going. And, B, now that they've canceled it, at least I get my money back. Well, I'm not getting my money back. I'm upgrading my tickets to Fan Expo tickets. Yeah. Um, But that's that's one thing. I, I remember you texting me before it, like, blew up, blew up, all this stuff. And you're like, you st- uh, is it still going? And I'm like, yeah, it's still going. I'm still going. It's still going on, and I'm still going. And then, sure enough, a like couple weeks, it, like within the week, days like, later, it was days, days later, later after, yeah. <clears throat> like, I'm not going, and then and a, day, a couple of days later, they can't like it was canceled. canceled. Yeah, yeah. Which sucks because then you know there's some like uh, you know. Well, it's our old buddy. Um, we both know him. It's weird. It, I've known him since I was 14, I guess you'd say. But Lee Howard. Yeah. Um, check, please, anyone listening to this, please go check out his artwork. Yes. Amazing artwork. Really nice guy. Like, if yeah. you need to talk to someone that just make, that makes you feel better about who you are, um, talk to to Lee and his partner Violet, they they are oh, the two nicest people. They are you you'll ever meet. It's they're, unbelievable. They're cool people. Sometimes I see them, I tell them like you're the cool people. Like you're the cool people. You understand that you you're the cool people. But the the cool thing about them is is like and and we're gonna gush about them a little bit. Is they they're so artistic, so creative, but they don't treat anyone like they're better than them 
They yeah. treat everyone as if they're just like, they treat everyone like they're special, which totally amazes me. And the cool thing um, about Lee, especially uh, and Violet's like this as well, but Lee is, he won't say shit about anyone, even if his mouth was full of it. Like that is the type yeah. of person he is. He will not talk down to anyone. He will not talk crap about anyone. Even when he's upset about someone or something someone's done, he will just sort of put it in a very neutral term of like, look, this is not what I agree with. Um, and he'll sort of guide people towards doing something better. Like, so if, if someone's being a shithead, he'll say, don't be like this guy, go be like this guy doing this awesome, positive thing. And like yeah. always bright, always cheery. And yeah, man, I, hilarious great guy. people. Plus he's yeah. hilarious. He's... Yeah. Well, and, and Violet too, like Violet has well, sort of, when helped I, me through a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, well, and she's super nice. Uh, she's amazing, amazing costume designer. Uh, some of her cosplays that she's built are stunning. Um, it's her Wonder Woman to me is like, as she's actually upgrading it. But I think this past one she reviewed uh, is amazing. Good detail. The paint job is amazing. It's she looks great. That's all I'm going to say. Like, she does a great job and she's super nice. Um, every time I see her, like, she's very friendly. Uh, but Lee is, uh, yet again, awesome dude. Uh, he does these for our listeners, uh, check it out. Also, he does these twisted, morbid, uh, bears, um, choir room bears. Yeah. And the, it's just, you see some of these these bears, <laughs> like, you're like, you're fucked Are up. You okay, you're, you're screwed <laughs> up. Which actually really makes him the fact that he's so nice so creepy is because like he's a super nice guy, and then he creates these things, and it's just kind of like, whoa, dude, yeah. Yeah. what the fuck? But no, they're they're really cool looking. Yeah, um, so- and it, quite often, like he has themes for each bear. Like, so if there's a theme if you're into a certain horror genre or uh, a franchise. Like he's got bears that are kind of inspired by that franchise or genre. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely check them out. But yeah, so they were supposed they were going to be featured um, uh, cosplayers at Toronto Comic Con, and they, so yeah, yeah, I felt bad for him and Violet because you know featured cosplayers and then it gets canceled. So yeah, but uh, he seems to be doing okay. Him and his his cats and Bruce Wayne his cat anxiety yeah. cat yeah um everyone's affected by it I know yeah. um so because it got canceled a lot of my friends and cosplayer friends they're doing like this on like they did this online um like like con Instagram con where they were doing like cinema like um panels and stuff just through instagram so people will get them through at least yeah i I just and the thing is it's like we all have to do our part and um you know i i can't obviously stop working because i've been deemed essential and like that's what's keeping bread on my table but i am being safe and i know a lot of other people that are, are essential they're being safe as well uh, yeah. Going through all the steps, I can't tell you how many times I've cleaned services 
in the course of a day. I, I clean any given surface probably at the very least ten times a day. Like yeah, well it's it like just me, like, constant. I'm putting on sanitizer on my hands like at least same thing at least ten ten times a day. Yeah, but you know, in the same breath, people who are able to stay home, um, you know, take time out of their, 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 take time out of off their work to stay home and really dedicate to this, all the power to them. Like that's mm. awesome. Yeah. Um, and it, it really is. I think actually, I think it's showing that we are, uh, we are doing a good, I think we're doing a good job. Cause I heard last, I heard that it's down to 1% of, of the case, like of, the potential cases or something. So we're, we're well below that curve. So we still have a lot more. Yeah. We're uh, doing better than the States. Yeah. We're doing way better than the States. Yeah. That's all that matters. Just a guy to do better yeah. than the States. Well, the States is doing worse than anyone. They surpassed uh, Italy and China. Well, and that's, that's, that's not really the, the people of the United States' fault. It's, no, it's just sort of the regulations and the government leadership is sort of lacking. So, they yeah. they just they just chuck it through. But I know there's a lot of Americans um, out there who are just as dedicated. The doctors, the front the front uh, line responders are doing an amazing job out there. Yeah. They, I've always sort of said like you can't bundle a bunch of people because of their government. Like there's individuals who are doing an amazing job. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah. United States and as a yeah. whole. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I feel like, um, is there anything else that uh, piqued your interest in this last issue? You... Well, um, after I finished H.P. Lovecraft's The Hound, I, re- I started reading um, The Mountains of Madness by, this, by Gao Tanabe as well. And that, that, like, check out The Hound and other stories, but if you want to get something even more fucked up, read The Mountains of Madness, because just on a book scale, like the Mounds of Madness was uh, Lovecraft's like almost his masterpiece. It was his, it was his long form novel, uh, but that's when he really gets into like the really fucking messed up, twisted shit. So hmm. uh, I'm reading I'm reading the graphic manga of that, <clears throat> and it's been pretty cool so far. Hmm. I'll so check that out. Off to um, steal one of your copies and give it a read one day. Yeah, when all this blows over, definitely come read, yeah. read my books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah other than that, that's that's all I'd, I I want to mention. Yeah, no, and then I'm haven't really not much new in the world of comics for me. Um, like I said, I'm kind of behind on my comics because I'm kind of been holding them, waiting for me to get sick because I feel like at some point I will. Deanna keeps my significant other keeps telling me not to say that, but. Um, so yeah, so no, I'm, I feel like this is then a good time to end this week's issue of two beards, one comic. And, um, I hope everyone has a great week. Um, you know, stay home, wash your hands, be safe. And, uh, I guess, uh, we'll see you next week. Same bearded time, same bearded channel. <laughs> All right. Peace, everyone. Peace.
As a treat for our listeners, here's some bloopers from our pre-recording of this week's issue of Two Beards, One Comic. Hello. How's it going? Not bad. In these trying times. Yes. (laughs) These trying times of no toilet paper. No toilet paper and social distancing. Yeah, that too. See, we're ahead of the curve. We're like doing the social distancing before it was cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're like hipsters of the uh, COVID-19. COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. We uh, shouldn't laugh about it. People are dying. Yes, it's true. Um, <laughs> start this magical carpet ride. What's that? Do you want to start this magical carpet ride? We call a podcast. Show me the world, Colton. <laughs> I can show you the world. Shine and shimmer and magic. Okay. Um. Okay, so I'm going to do a 10... I'm probably I'm going to end up editing this into the podcast, probably at the end. Anyway, Sounds good. <clears throat> um, 